Two words to describe India Logan are open and victorious. India's open to sharing her struggles, the pain she's dealt with in her past to help you, to guide you to being victorious. And I'm talking about the real victory in life. She's victorious because she has Jesus leading the way in every step she takes. You're gonna love our conversation. Here we go. remember when we first met, you were in the audience and you were just looking at me like, I'm cheering you wildly, girl. Like your face the whole time. I'm speaking and you're sitting in the audience and you just had this brilliant smile. And I'm like, I like this girl. As I'm speaking, I'm like, I like this girl. I am going to meet this girl someday. <laughs> and then, you know, after I got done speaking, we started talking and you're like, I think everybody who speaks needs somebody to cheer them on with just a smile and a nod. And you did that the whole time for me. So thank you. And I wanted to introduce you to our audience. So India Logan, here you are. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And mm -hmm. so I feel like we have so many things to talk mm -hmm. about. I'm going to start with this question though. What is your ultimate dream in life? I would love to be able to be used as a vessel um, consistently and continually for the rest of my life, the rest of my ministry, mm. and whatever capacity that looks like. I think yeah. the dream is to live out exactly what God would have me to do in this lifetime, yeah. never my will and always His, um, and I mean that humbly. So to whatever capacity that might be, whether that's on television, whether that's in books, you know, yeah. writing whatever it is that God would have me to write. I just want to do exactly what he created me to do and nothing yeah. less. Right. I want to hear well done. Absolutely. Yeah. Well done, my good and faithful daughter. Yeah. Like that's what I want to hear when I go to heaven. That's it. Um, and you're a teacher, yes. a speaker, yes. an author. Yeah. You have a book. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. First time author, yes. right? Yes. Very cool. Um, so you said, I want to be a vessel. So if somebody wasn't a Christian, they yeah. have no idea what that really means. What does that mean to you? It means allowing God to speak through me and yeah. allowing him to reflect who he is through me. So less of me, more of him. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a reflection of his love, yeah. his grace, his mercy. And we consider Jesus. We know that he didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. So even yeah. if you're not a believer, I want to be able to exude the, the love of God. I want people to be able to look at me and be like, wow, there's something different about her, yeah. her energy. And it's not, a, it's not even me, right? It's just right. God. So being a vessel literally means being an example, being the salt and light of the earth. So being yeah. an example of who he is, his love, his grace, his mercy. Yeah. So good. Yeah, Doing the will God. of God. What does that mean for you on a day to day basis? What does that look like for you? Denying myself and maybe my natural mm -hmm. desires and not allowing me to run the show of my life, but being humble enough to submit myself to what it is that God would have me to do. Yeah. So when I pay close attention to the Holy Spirit prompting me and giving me wisdom and discernment about how to respond to situations, um, how to treat people, the yeah. things to do and not do, things to say and not say, it, it really looks a lot like relinquishing my own desires for his, which is yeah. always a higher road. Right. A lot more peace. 
<laughs> and not all that easy. Grace, and, and a lot harder than my natural proclivities. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like sometimes, you know, you want to do something in your own way, way. And it's like, no, that's probably not the best answer. Probably not going to pay off. Not real reflective of Christ at <laughs> not this at point. All. Yeah. It happens. And yeah. yet we keep going. We mess up. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we think, oh, I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. I yeah. love Jesus. I'm a disciple mm -hmm. of Christ. And then we mess up. And it's yeah. like, how do we reel that back in mm -hmm. of, okay, we're always going to mess up. So what do you, I mean, what would you tell somebody I, that says, mm -hmm. I keep messing up. I love Jesus. Right. What am I supposed to do when I keep messing up? Well, the reason I, and I, and I, I say this with humility as well, is like the reason why Jesus came it's because we mess up. There would exactly. be no real reason for him to have come here if we were perfect, yeah. if we weren't messing up. So he knew that. He foreknew our mess ups, our shortcomings, our limitations. And he understood that in order for us to have this divine relationship with God with nothing separating, and when I say nothing, literally sin separating us, yeah. that he'd have to sacrifice and, and give his life for us. And so yeah. as Christians, when we mess up, we have to work to not hold ourselves hostage uh, to something that Jesus already paid the price for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One of the things that I know you have dealt with in your life is yeah. anger. Yeah. And I really want to kind of dig into that because I yeah. feel like there's a spirit of anger yeah. that um, maybe has overtaken people. Absolutely. Um, especially now. People are angry about a lot of the way the world is, if you will. Yeah. So how, what has made you angry? Yeah. And how have you decided, hey, I'm not going to allow that spirit of anger to overtake my life? The awareness that I didn't want anger to overtake my life didn't come till much later when I realized there's so much more to life and anger is always going to limit me in accessing the more in life. Yeah. So I, the anger stemmed from having been raised in two abusive child, uh, childhood homes. And I thought, surely, you know, there's more to life than living from this place of anger mm. from an abuse. I can't change. I can't yeah. go back and rectify the past or I can't go back and stand up for myself in times that I didn't. The past is the past. Yeah. Um, but what I can do is be reflective of the healing work that Christ did yeah. through me. What I can do is not allow anger, something that can be so limiting and debilitating to overrule everything in my life. If I really want to walk in direct alignment with God's will for my life, then I'd have to be willing to relinquish my anger, which is often rooted in hurt and pride for his grace, his mercy, yeah. his love, and operate from, from that place. When I learned that the promises of God and when I read about them in the Bible, I said, I need to have access to these things, but I recognize that I might be standing in my own way as long as I'm operating yeah. from a place of anger. At Women of Faith, we not only care about your spiritual health, we care about your physical health too. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are to be obedient to Him by taking care of the body He gave us. Our new sponsor, Faithfully Fit and Free, shares this belief and they're driven by a passion for helping people achieve a healthy body, a healthy mind, and a healthy spirit. You can visit faithfullyfitandfree.com 
to discover products that give you more energy and support your immunity, along with superfoods, personal care, and more. I personally love their mission and I love their products because I feel incredible taking them. And I know you'll love them too. Plus, when you place your first SmartShip order, you receive a free devotional. Check out faithfullyfitandfree.com where the focus is on a healthy body, a healthy mind, and a healthy spirit. When life gets hard, it helps to know you're not alone. If you or someone you care about is battling anxiety or depression or loneliness, our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these. All of our classes are based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for a relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable. So take me back to childhood India. Yeah. And what were you like back then? Were you filled with anger back then? Do yeah. you feel like, how did you deal with that? How did you handle anger when you were in the midst of it? In the midst of it, I wasn't angry. In the midst of it, I was, I think... Trauma is in phases, and I think while people are navigating their traumatic experiences, it looks different for everyone. For me, particularly, it started off with just being hurt, but also extremely confused. Yeah. Um, because I, I understood that caregivers, parents alike, should be caring, quite literally, in a way that's healthy. They should be providing experiences that are conducive for one's development. And I had this idea or image of what it should be like um, with parents and children in the home and how it yeah. should be, um, you know, grooming one's character, filling their confidence, giving them love and filling their love tanks in the way in which they receive love. And I realized that I was not having similar experiences to that of my friends yeah. who were coming from a little bit more of a healthier background mm -hmm. with healthier operating parents and dynamics and healthier homes that were nourishing and fulfilling in so many ways, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and mentally all of which I was lacking. So as a child, it was more like I was confused and I was hurt. And, the, and when that confusion and hurt boiled over, so after I left um, both homes and I was able to get into college, it became anger. Yeah. And I operated from a place of anger because I never dealt with the hurt. Yeah. And anger feels like power. Hurt feels like vulnerability. Mm. So it, for me, was easier in, as an adult, new adult, though there's a little child inside this biologically grown person that's hurting, it was easier for me to ascribe to anger than it was for me to uh, submit to, to pain and yeah. say that I'm hurting. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to be tough about it. Yeah. I didn't want to operate from this place of uh, some feeble or weak or vulnerable. Right. The victim. The victim. Yeah. And you were, you were going to have power by yes. being angry instead of the yes. victim and being vulnerable. vulnerable. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So I said I'd be angry. I described myself. I, I'd, I'd just be angry and I wouldn't let anybody else yep. do what I had done to me back here. 
And so now my defenses are up, my yeah. guards are up. But I also realized I wasn't letting love in, so how could I then radiate love? So I couldn't cultivate love, yeah. peace, grace, mercy, the fruit of the spirits. I couldn't cultivate right. those things because anger was standing in my way. Yeah. And so I thought I'd be angry and this is going to be my power. This is going to be my way of standing right. up for myself from here on out. And you see that a lot. I mean, yeah. when I meet people, I'm like, that's their defense mechanism, right? That's their wall yes. up and they are a hurt person yes. and that is why they're angry. I mean, you mm. can just see it on people yeah. physically. We have a class on anger here at Women of Faith. We have a mm. class on anger. And we talk about that, like you can literally see anger on people yeah. and you can see that that wall has been built up. And so our desire is to help people break that back down. Right. And Jesus is the answer, right? That's Always. how the wall gets <laughs> broke back down Always. of anger because really anger is not the root cause. And we can get into that more, but um, how did you go from, okay, I'm going to be this angry woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, now you're an adult, you're an angry huh. woman. Um, you had chosen that whether it was consciously or unconsciously right. say, I'm going to be angry and that's yeah. going to be my wall, yeah. my defense mechanism. How did you break that down? I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I was operating from a place of anger for, for many years until about junior year of undergrad where God was lit, quite literally pulling on my heartstrings. Like he wanted me in church. So I went to this little church in the Bronx, got baptized there, changed my life. Every morning about four or five in, in the morning, I would wake up and read my Bible for hours. This was prior to having my son. So I was able to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'd wake up and I'd read my Bible and every day God was revealing himself to me, revealing himself to me, revealing himself to me. And I got so committed to reading my Bible, anything that you obviously get disciplined about, it gets rooted and ingrained in you. And the more it's a love letter, it's a story to you, right? About him. Interesting. But it's also so powerful because it, it gave me this awareness that I didn't have to be angry because it wasn't doing anything to hold pe people hostage for a past that can't change their past mistakes, yeah. right? It wasn't doing anything. And I realized I needed to be set free from the things that they had done to me. Mm -hmm. But if I was really ever going to be set free, then I had to recognize that my anger was, was sincerely, it was concealed hurt. So as I was reading my Bible, there's just promise after promise after promise, awareness about who God is, yeah. awareness about who I am in him. And I realized, yeah, anger is not even really who I am. Like that's not, I, I don't have to identify <laughs> with the experience of anger. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to do this anymore. Yes. So it's and like, and yeah. I laugh, I laugh when yeah. you're saying that because yeah. I'm like, me too. Yeah. Me too. Oh yeah. I actually don't have to do that anymore. I don't have and, to do this. And I still, to this day, I mean, yeah. I can still raise my hand. I yeah. still find myself in these angry because I, I understand the root cause. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, that's why I'm being angry. Okay. Yeah. Let's lay that down and yeah. move forward. Yeah. And there was a need for that. I want, I just, and I realized that it was all God in the, in the end, God just kept saying, I can use the same amount of passion you have and uh, like, and it's rooted in anger right now. I can make that for my good and it could be rooted in peace and we could really advance my kingdom. I can use you. You could be a vessel, but I need you to not do this from an angry place. Let's do this from a healed place so we can show others that despite having been subjected to abuse and gone through all the things that you're able to really open yourself up to God and yeah. his healing power, get rooted in that, be relational with him. Yeah. Amen. And allow him to change you from the inside out so that it reflects outwardly in your life and in your relationships, yeah. which is what really compelled me because I didn't want any more broken relational dynamics. Amen. 
from an angry place, it's hard to see who's good for you, who's not, because you think all people are going to be bound to hurt you when you, whenever you've rooted yourself into this, like, I'm angry and all the people that should have been good to me weren't. And so why would you be? Right. Amen. I just didn't want that anymore. There's two things I've had to understand about anger. Number one, being angry itself is not a sin. The Bible says in many places that God was angry. The Bible also says in many places that Jesus was angry. And we were created in his image, which, me, which means it's okay to be angry. So anger itself is not a sin. It's what you do with the anger that determines if it's a sin or not. And anger is no light matter in God's sight. We cannot accomplish God's righteous purposes when living into our anger. And then the second thing I had to understand is where anger actually comes from. And I had to start understanding anger because it can manifest itself in so many different ways and in so many different areas of our life. So the root causes of anger are from hurt. Your heart is wounded. Second, injustice. Your, your right is violated. Or fear. Your future is threatened or frustration. Your performance is not accepted. We may all experience some level of anger from each of these four causes. So most likely you identify with one or two more than the other. So let's think through what, what angers you most easily. Let's start with hurt. Let's talk about that for just a minute. Everyone has a God-given inner need for unconditional love. And when you experience rejection or emotional pain of any kind, anger can become a protective wall, like we talked about, in keeping people pain, hurt away. And then, like I said, the second way of a root cause of anger is injustice. Everyone has a sense of right and wrong, fair and unfair, just and unjust. When you perceive that an injustice has in occurred against you or others, especially those you love, you may feel angry and you hold on to the offense. The unresolved anger can begin to take root in your heart. Or maybe your anger is spurred on by the third root cause of fear. Everyone is created with a God-given inner need for security. When you begin to worry or feel threatened or get angry because of the change in circumstances, you may be responded, responding to fear. A fearful heart reveals a lack of trust in God's perfect plan for your life. And then the fourth source of anger is frustration. Your performance is not accepted. Everyone also has a God-given inner need for significance. When your efforts don't meet your own personal expectations, your sense of significance can be threatened. Frustration over unmet expectations of yourself or of others is a major source of anger. So think about it for yourself. When do you feel the most angry? Do any of these causes resonate with you? If so, I would just encourage you to take some time to reflect on your source of anger to find true freedom in your life. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? 
Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable. You also have a social media platform yes. that you love to joke around. You are funny. <laughs> I've watched, and I think all of our viewers should be watching too. So follow India Logan on social media, especially Instagram. Is that yeah. like your preferred platform? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you'll be able to find your book maybe yes. through your social platforms. Do you have a website yes. that you'd like to share too so that people can find your yeah. book? and? Yeah. Follow along. It's drindialogan.com. And if you buy from the website, there will be signed copies. Oh, good. And, and often I leave little notes um, mm. for people who buy from my website rather than buying from the larger platforms. But there will be yeah. um, Amazon, Target, Walmart. But I, I like those that I get to sign. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so on your social media, you like to be funny. So yes. share with us something. Share a funny story about yourself. Share a funny <laughs> experience about yourself. I want to see oh, the India Logan yeah. that, <laughs> the other side of India Logan. Yeah. So, okay. I mentioned that I was angry and then this had to be, you know, I really needed to, for God to work on this in me so that I could be better. Right. So when I first started out on my Christian walk, I decided to visit a church and it was a new church. So I, I wasn't familiar with the way they did things. And I went and the first time was great. I was like, Oh, this is good. You know, praise and worship is wonderful. The sermon was great. Pastor did great. This is good. I'm going to come back. So I came back a second time. Everything was all good, yep. but I came back a third time. <laughs> And the worship team walks out on stage and they say, okay, we're going to sit for today's praise and worship. Nobody needs to stand. And even us, us praise and worship leaders, we're all going to just sit. And it's just going to be like a laid back, a chill vibe today. We're not going to really stand and worship. Why was this new fired up yeah. Christian? So I thought to myself, surely you're not going to sit when God stands for you every day. Right. So I was a little bit like offended and, and obviously Angry India has now decided <laughs> to be Christian angry yeah. India. So I get up and I'm looking around at everybody like, you have got to be kidding me. Are you kidding me? And I walked to the front and I was like, stand for Jesus because he stands for you every day. Yes, and I gave amen. them this stern look. Yeah. And they all just kind of stood. And it was just this really awkward praise now because everybody's like, oh, is she like, <laughs> is she going to do something to us if we don't stand? But the, the way the church was divided, there was like a bunch of people on the right, a bunch of people on the left. So I yelled. And when I yelled, I guess since I was facing the right, all the church on the right side stood. But the church on the left just kind of sat there uncomfortably. Like, should we be standing too? Because she only said that on the right side of the church. So then I look back at the left and I'm like, stand for Jesus. You were taking over the church. You were the leader. Clearly you're a natural born leader if you're willing to do that. And they all stood, but everybody awkwardly praised God for the next 15 to 20 minutes. And I Till this day, I go back and forth. My mind was like, was that the right approach? I'm not sure. But I sat down and a man walks up to me after praise and worship. He sits down, puts so his arm around me. He goes, thank you for the reminder. He goes, thank you for the reminder. We needed to be woken up. Yeah. And I think that was a time where my anger was kind of used for good. Yeah. But I definitely had a Peter moment. <laughs> 
times three, like cutting off both ears, not just one. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it so funny how, like you can look back, you're like, why did I do that? But what's that Holy Spirit moment, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's when I learned too, though, that anger could be used the right way. Yeah. It's just, and it's all in how you do your heart, your heart's intention. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'd have to say it was probably one of my funnier moments. Yeah. That is so funny. <laughs> Um, okay, I wanted to. I want to shift back to you. Started talking yeah. about relational. Yeah. Right. So, if you're angry, yeah, you have a hard time having healthy relationships. Yeah. And one of the things that we talk about here at Women of Faith a lot is one of our pillars is real relationships. Absolutely. And how do you have a real relationships? And one of the requirements of a real relationship is having healthy boundaries. Absolutely. And I know that's something that you have really um, worked through and figured out whatever that actually means figured out how to have healthy boundaries yeah so tell me about maybe your journey with finding healthy boundaries maybe um maybe where you struggled with them too yeah so you know the thing that i realized along with spending time in my word spending time with god and not allowing the abuse to be running the show here was that i was going to have to learn how to not see uh the abuse that I was subjected to in every person. Mm. So sometimes if someone would say something that was extremely hurtful, having been subjected to verbal abuse, when someone would say something in a relationship that was extremely hurtful, I'd immediately go, oh my gosh, you're going to verbally abuse me. You're going wow. to do this, you're gonna do this. And it's gonna be, I'm gonna repeat a cycle, a broken cycle of being subjected and exposed to abuse, right? I had to learn right up front that not every, firstly, not everyone's the same. Yeah. And secondly, that triggers. Triggers can truly disrupt the way you receive others. Identifying what your triggers are is going to be helpful for you in navigating all future relationships. So that way, when you are triggered, you can speak to the person that loves you and that you love and say, hey, listen, that's a trigger for me. While I've healed, I've worked past that and God has really done a good job in me and I'm so thankful. Uh, It still reminds me of a painful past. And I would really appreciate if you would be mindful in the way that you speak to me because it reminds me of this back here. And I know that you had nothing to do with this back here, but I just don't want to be, I don't want to be reminded of that. And I feel like there might be a better way for us to approach this conversation or this constructive feedback that you're offering me. And that right there is setting a healthy boundary with future and present relationships is knowing what your triggers are going to help you for setting those boundaries. Do you feel like you've had a pushback on that? Like, oh, you can't get over that. Maybe you should just deal with it. Mm. And somebody wants to treat you that way. And, and have you had that pushback? So I'll be honest, not verbal pushback, but action-based pushback. So while they will agree with me in word, they will disagree with me in action. So it's, they'll say, oh, I understand my fault or I apologize. I won't do that. And then, uh, you know, maybe a couple weeks down the line, I realize that they're doing it again, Mm -hmm. which lets me know now if I set the boundary and we've spoken about this boundary and you've made it clear that you understood the boundary, I then have to decide if I'm going to hold you accountable and to what degree will I be holding you accountable? What consequences do I feel like I need to issue out? Because if it's a boundary that's consistently and continually violated, then at that point I'm realizing maybe you love me, but you don't respect me. And that's a problem. Yeah. So what do you do? If somebody is in that situation right now, what advice would you give them? Well, uh, there's levels to accountability and consequences. What are you willing to truly put in place? And are you willing to stand firm on that? Because it's one thing to say, hey, if you don't 
speak to me in a way that I can receive it. And if it feels so heavily abusive and hurtful, and I've already brought this to your attention and you continually do this, I'm going to have to create space where I may not be able to be relational with you as much, or I can't show up for you in the capacities that I have shown up for you before. Mm. And I think it depends on what you're willing to, to really stand by Mm -hmm. because it's really rough when you say you're going to issue out a certain consequence, the person tests that boundary again, and then you don't stand firm on that accountability or that consequence. And now they have the proclivity or tendency to do it again. And sometimes even worse because they realize I can't take you seriously. So how would you, um, advise somebody to just continue to build healthy boundaries with those that are, you know, I think one thing that I think about a lot with real relationships is there's a difference between inner circle yes. friends, yes. which is probably three to five people that are so close to you, yeah. might be spouses, children, one, two, three friends. That's your inner circle, right. I think, typically. Um, and then there's people that you're more acquaintances with or you yeah. talk to on a, a maybe not a regular basis. Um, so how would you advise people to just continue to move forward with that? So I think it what has to matter is your mental health, yeah. your peace, yeah. right? And if you know that you're in relationship with somebody that you, you're never going to be really, really severed ties with that person for whatever reason, um, then I always prepare yeah. mentally and spiritually. So I'm going to be praying before we meet up <laughs> or before okay. we have conversation. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be praying while I'm there for Holy Spirit wisdom and discernment. Help me to navigate this conversation Good. in an effective way. Yeah. Uh, help me to not speak when I don't, when you don't feel God that it's best for me to speak up or yeah. say anything. And then even after the interaction. But I think mental health is important and understanding how expensive is your peace? Like for me, wow. it took a long time for me to cultivate peace after having been hurt, angry, and it yeah. was a cycle. What? Now that I cultivate peace so readily, I'm not going to allow just anybody in my space to disrupt or corrupt the work that I've put in. So what, what becomes important to you, your mental health, your peace. And if those are important things for you, then you're going to do the work that you need to do. And that might be holding bound, you know, holding your boundaries, standing your ground, creating space where need be. And if you can't, then you're going to pray every step of the way and recognizing the last thing is for this part here is recognizing that just because you've changed, just because you've grown, yeah. just because you've developed, doesn't yeah. mean that they've put in the work to do the same or that yes. they have the same desire to do so. And meeting people where they are is helpful. Yeah. And not expecting them to be a higher or better operating version of themselves that they just aren't yet. Yeah. It's so good. That's such good advice of understanding their level of moving forward yes. is not the same as ours. Yes. And yes. girl, like... I love talking about this stuff because we're both life coaches yeah. <laughs> and tell me a little bit about your um, life coaching company that you have. Yay. So, <laughs> so Dr. India's Christian coaching Academy, I get to train and certify other Christian life coaches now, but I used to do one-on-one coaching and group coaching. Yeah. Um, and I still do. I still have the capacity to do that, but I think my greatest passion right now is rooted in the calling that God has given me one morning, he woke me up and he said, it's time to coach the coaches. I had been coaching one-on-one and group coaching for eight years. And one morning, just recently, actually, God was like, it's time to coach the coaches. And so I launched Dr. India's Christian Coaching Academy already had courses on different topics, forgiveness and anger and healing. But then I decided now it's time to certify other coaches who have such a passion for helping people. And they know that that's what God is calling them to do. Right now we've got, um, 
over 70 actively enrolled students yeah. and we just launched about two months ago and they are going through the lessons. The reviews have been phenomenal and I've just thoroughly so enjoyed training them. Yeah. What would be something that surprises people about you? <laughs> I would have to say that aside from coaching, um, I like to dance a lot and I like to dance to all kind of different music. And yeah. so I'm constantly creating um, just goofy reels, but I'm always finding a way to put Jesus right back into yeah. it. Prior to me becoming um, saved and sanctified and set apart. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was doing dance battles in New York. Really? Yeah. And every time I'd win, I'd look up to heaven. I'd go, thank you, Jesus. And I feel like he would look down like, girl, one day you're going to be preaching the gospel. You're going to be doing this dancing and, and stuff. So I, I find so it good. funny when I get, jump on social media and I post a dancing video and I cut in and I add Jesus in there and people go, did you used to dance at any point? And I go, yeah, but that's in a past life. Like, <laughs> But so I still good. love it, and I think that that's, that's something unique. People don't expect to hear that I, I was like literally doing dance battles in clubs, but thanking Jesus every time I won one. Before you were saved, sanctified. Before I was saved and sanctified <laughs> and set apart for the glory of God. <laughs> what energizes you? You're a very energetic person. Yeah. What energizes you? Well, firstly, I have to stay energized as my son, who's eight, has like, he has like five kids running inside of him or something. <laughs> he keeps me on my toes. But I thank God, right? Like uh, the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I feel like that is literally my strength. Yeah. And I get my energy from, the, from, from just God. And, it, and I know that I'm fueled by that peace that I have radiating in me before. And I felt like I wasted a lot of time being angry. Mm. And I just don't want to be that person anymore. So I look for ways to cultivate peace. And a lot of times my peace is rooted in very energetic endeavors, yeah. like traveling and dancing and hiking outside or playing with my son. So good. Yeah. It's time for India Logan's Truth Bomb. Okay. So it's 30 seconds. What's the one thing you want people to know when they walk away? That the enemy will try to deceive you into believing and thinking that your past has a hold on your present or your future. Um, and he will try to disrupt the plan of God for your life, but he can't. He doesn't have that much power. He only has the power we relinquish to him. And if you stay rooted in pain and anger and you keep watering those seeds, they'll become weeds and eat up the good fruit that God is trying to produce in your life. God's plan and vision can come to pass and come to fruition. So good. So yes. good. One last question. Awesome. <laughs> what advice would you give somebody listening right now? Maybe it could mm. be somebody um, like the younger version of India. What would be a piece of advice that you would give her? Don't hold yourself or others hostage to the pain. Mm. So don't hold others hostage to the pain they've caused you. Um, you will unlearn that pain. You will let go in, in fundamental ways that catapult you, move you forward. Mm. And don't hold yourself hostage to the mistakes that you made when you didn't know better. Wow. Particularly because of the pain that you were subjected to. Yeah. And know that God has beautiful, a beautiful future for you. Even, even in the fact that you went through what you went through, despite yeah. the pain, despite the tough seasons. Yeah. I wish I would have known that at a younger age. Yeah. Like I didn't know what I didn't know. And I did a lot of crazy, stupid things. Mm -hmm. And then I held myself hostage. That's a really great way to say it. I like tried to punish myself almost mm -hmm. for, I did all of these things wrong, yeah. but you know, 
you live and learn and you, you yeah. grow. And when you come into relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's not how I want to be. Yeah. And there's freedom in that obedience. I think right. that's what's so important that I always have to cling to. There is freedom, freedom. in obedience to doing what Jesus is asking you to do. Absolutely. You don't have to, you know, that was the old life, right? Yeah. And now we have a new life in Christ. Yes. And understanding that and living into that freedom has been so good for me too. So thank you for that piece Amen. of advice. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for joining me. <laughs> I feel like there's so many other things. Like we yeah. just hit the tip of the iceberg. All the things that we could be talking about. But so much. I have a feeling we'll be working together in Yay. the future. And so Absolutely. I'm excited to have you back again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Such a pleasure. This show was brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, ICCI, and OneShare. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com.